The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, in about an hour's time, we'll we'll get that latest on the COVID-19 outbreak at the Cargill Meat Processing Plant in High River, as well as the JBS plant in Brooks. Yesterday, there were 446 cases linked to employees at uh, Cargill and another 140 in people linked to the people who work there. The JBS facility has almost 100 cases. Cargill, as you know, has temporarily shuttered operations, and for now, the JBS plant is still operational. According to the the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. These two facilities make up about 70% of Canada's beef processing capabilities. So the question is, uh, what does that mean for the food supply to ranchers and prices? Dr. Mike Van Masso is uh, an associate professor of food, agricultural and resource economics at the department, uh, that department at the University of Guelph. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so what was what's been going through your mind as you've watched what has happened at these two plants and that pork f- processing facility in Quebec that was shut down last month and then opened a couple weeks later? Well, to, to me, there are really two sides to this, uh, to this story, and, and one is the side of the people who are shipping to the processing plants, and the other is the side of people who are getting products out of those processing plants. I think if we look at the consumer side, uh, because Uh of the integration we have sort of across North America and inventories we have in stock, we're really not expecting as long as these closures stay relatively short term and we don't see uh, a a lot of plants getting closed, we don't anticipate shortages at the grocery store. Uh, That said, on the producer side, these closures, uh, whether even if they're temporary, can, will cause uh, some significant pain. Uh, you know, we'll have higher costs as we have to hold animals longer uh, or have to ship them somewhere else. And likely because we'll have lots of supply and less processing capacity, uh, we'll see lower prices. So lots of, uh, lots of impacts at the producer level, far fewer in the short run at the consumer level. So, Mike, it's interesting because I was reading an article and uh, you'd been quoted in it uh, before talking about, you know, what happens, you know, during the closures that in- inventories can be diverted and uh, processing uh, capacity can be increased at other facilities to avoid a shortage. And, and I'm guessing that that's exactly what we're going to see here. Yeah, that's, that, that, that is what we're going to see. And again, that relaxes pressure on the consumers. But if we have to divert product and and ship somewhere else or hold it till we can get there, that does create pain for for it increases costs and reduces revenues for 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 cattle producers. I think a lot of people you hear about, you know, Cargill and how much uh, meat is coming out of there. You hear about JBS, how much meat is coming out of there, and combined how much meat comes out of there. I mean, with Cargill being uh, temporarily shuttered right now, uh, JBS still being open, at least for the time being. It'll be interesting to see what happens with those numbers uh, today. With two of them, if there two of them were closed for any, I guess, how long would they have to be closed before we saw any big impact? impact with the supply, do you think? Well, there's a, there's a couple of points that I think relative to that. The first is that those two plants do represent 70% of the packing capacity in Canada, but we see cattle and beef flow across the border quite freely between, right. the, uh, between Canada and the U.S. 
So the system is bigger than just the Canadian system. So that it, it, again, that's one of the reasons it affects Canadian producers more than it affects uh, uh, Canadian consumers. The other the other point that that's important to make uh, is that a significant volume of our uh, beef is also exported, and so yeah. uh, while while you know we don't necessarily want to say well we're going to take the beef and export less. There's probably some buffer there as well, although it's not the 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 relative portions of the carcass that get shipped away and exports aren't always exactly the same as what we eat. So you can't sort of say it's a direct trade-off. But again, there is enough buffer capacity in North America that consumers, unless we saw more plants close and those closures happen, uh, extend uh, uh, months rather than weeks, uh, Oh, Mike, you're uh, breaking up there. I don't know if you just disappeared a little bit. Hi, you're back. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. So I think we'd be looking at at, at months of closures with more plants closing okay. before we saw impacts at the consumer level. I mean, the, the plant in, in Quebec was closed for two weeks. It did open at a lower capacity. I would expect some of the plants that are closed will have to change some of the practices they have and maybe come back with more you know what mike unfortunately you're breaking up a little bit and uh, we're almost out of time and i had another question for you because i'm, I'm curious to know how covid19 has transformed the way that people eat food i know that's something that you've also looked into i think we might have to save that for a conversation for another day and we'll get a better we'll get a better line but i want to thank you for joining me this afternoon and for your insight uh, on this on this topic thank you so much you. All right, bye-bye now. That is Dr. Mike Van Masso, who is an associate professor, food, agricultural, and resource economics department at the University of, of Guelph. And and one of the things, there was an article, and he's done some studies on this. He does podcasts, and this is what he does. He looks at, you know, food supply and uh, the way, um, the, actually, it gets right down to the way that we uh, the way that we eat and the way that we buy things. And just on, on that note, he said, um, you know, COVID-19 has transformed the way uh, people eat food. Um, we used to spend about one-third of our food budget on meals prepared outside of the home. And in the U.S., that was closer to half. And um, it's uh, the where we're eating now is having a big impact on meat, dairy, and grain consumption. For example, he says people eat more chicken in restaurants than they do at home. Um, you know, he says uh, at, at home, restaurants uh, want bigger chickens. Grocery stores smell smaller birds for roasting at home. And, and parts of the, the bird, that's a problem. You know, there's no wing. You know, how many of you are, are actually doing uh, your big batches of, of wings every night, right? And so interesting, but we can get into that with him uh, on another day. We'll take a break here. The three, uh, 2.30 News is up next.